three fierce souls, warriors all, now, only one remains to face the final test of wills. Great films have entered the gauntlet, and great films have fallen. Only one will go on to immortality in the vault. Burning which collide as legacies are on the line. This is last movie standing, The Clash. Okay, so coming in on the guest list, these were movies selected by our guests. We got two Paul picks for the first time ever in a season, a repeating guest back-to-back on episodes. Uh, He picked Friday the 13th, the final chapter of the first five or six of these uh, Friday the 13th films. On our second part of the Friday the 13th series, there's too many fucking numbers. He picked (laughs) Friday the 13th part six, Jason Lives. Megan, one of our previous champions, picked Birds of Prey, much to her own chagrin. I don't know. No, I've changed my mind and gone back. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There's been a lot of back and forth. A lot of back and forth. So uh, we'll see. And then uh, uh, Frankie from Red Cow, much to my chagrin, picked Meet the Parents. Uh, (laughs) It was the first time he'd seen the movie, and he thought it was going to be dreadful. And uh, he watched it, and it surpassed his expectations. He was surprised. It made him nostalgic for a bygone era of which comedies could make money. Uh, And then, of course, uh, Castaway. We had uh, Castaway, which was selected by The Lady Wan. Now over to my short list. I also picked the final chapter. I also picked Jason Lives. Uh, I picked Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, Megan didn't like that, but I picked it. Then I picked The Perfect Storm, which Frankie understood. Uh, We got into how it felt like an old Hollywood movie that was actually a bait and switch uh, to try to trick audiences into thinking that it was going to be an old-time movie and them them fuckers were going to live, but they died, and it was sad. And then I picked Castaway, which is the first time I watched it all the way through. Hadn't seen it all the way through. And I was deeply surprised by how, just how Buddhist and transcendental the whole thing was. I was deeply moved by it. Felt like a great uh, meditation uh, sesh. So that brings us here to our competitors. We have our reigning, defending champion, of course, the Lady One. She is here in the final round of our four round. This is round four of our Eliminator Gauntlet series. D.W. Lundberg had a goddamn stranglehold (laughs) on this entire year with Casablanca, but it has since been eliminated. He was struck down by the mighty Lady Wan, struck down in the height of his evil with a film called Night of the Living Dead. That means you have the, 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 my films here from the shortlist and the Night of the Living Dead in your back pocket, which you could stick with and, uh, or you could switch it up and go with one of those films. And then on the other side, we have Megan Kearns, the star of spoiler piece theater, a member of a Boston film critics association, uh, a good friend of mine who tells me all of my feelings are wrong, uh, <laughs> <laughs> about life, about movies, about everything. Uh, and that's why I love her. She's got the guest Aww. list. And so she's got to select from either her movie or uh, two Jason films, which I don't think you'd ever seen a Friday the 13th before. Is that correct? 
That's correct, but I did watch them in preparation. Which is staggering to me because you've seen seemingly everything. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe I had avoided them somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but now I have seen them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, without much further ado, I think it's time for a little thing we like to call First Cut. Megan, let's start with you. Um, what are the what's the first movie you're gonna be cutting off? The movies that you say, okay, the movie might be good, might be bad, but it's definitely not worthy of the vault here in our final series because this is the one and only film that is going to be added into our no copyright infringement intended vault by our listeners uh, around the world for the entire year of 2022. This is this is it. This is for all the beans, as they say, which nobody says, but I just said it. <laughs> I was like, don't what old is it say making that? the cut? Yeah, what what is it making the cut, Megan? Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, the final chapter. Interesting. That's a fan favorite. Why doesn't that one do it for you? I mean, I found it abysmal. I found it <laughs> tedious oh, and boring, with horrendous editing and horrendous acting, and an, a young Corey Feldman and Crispin Glover and their wacky charisma could not. Save this film. So no. thinking slashers might not be for you. <laughs> I like a lot of slashers, just not this one. <laughs> wow, I feel there's going to be a pushback on that. Uh, what what what's what's your next uh, elimination there? What else does it work for you on this list? My next one is Meet the Parents, which I also find abysmal and torturous <laughs> and tedious. <laughs> With devoid of any humor, any oh nuance, God. anything other than just mm. sheer punishing torture. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. For I despise doing and detest this film, and I always have. Megan is coming I, out. Okay, and I just guns say, a blazing. I am so glad you removed that because going into this for my preparation, I was like, I'm not even going to uh. fucking watch it because there's no <laughs> way anybody's going to choose it. So I don't need to prepare how to shred that. Because that, that was like, there is yeah. not not a person that would be competing that would choose that movie. So thank you, Megan. It's trash. You're welcome. I'm glad it's I made trash. it easier for you. <laughs> it is. It's such trash. And I remember when it came out and people were loving it and, <sighs> and lauding it with praise. <sighs> and I'm just bewildered and befuddled. Like, Awful. did we watch the same movie? I do not understand. And like, I love Robert De Niro. He's great. But he's great in a million other films, not mm -hmm. this film. Frankie, I like you to... I'd like to thank you for coming on for the very first time to binge movies. Sorry, Frankie. As I slice it was down, great Frankie's having you. Uh, best of luck in all of your future endeavors. Sorry, Frankie. Sorry. All right, Megan. What is your final film that you're 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 dumping off? You're saying it's good, but it's not that good. My final film is Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Jason lives. All right, moving on, Lady Wan. <laughs> All right. Um, my first first cut is also Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter. Um, lies. It was not indeed the final chapter. False advertising, misleading, strike it from the record. It's done. <laughs> go, go away. Um, I did, I did watch it though the other night just to like make sure. And I was just giggling at how many windows get broken, but oh, yes. uh, so that doesn't, windows. doesn't make it vault worthy just to constantly throw bodies through windows. Um, that's one of the best parts. 
if you, if you listen to our episode, Paul yeah. and I, we <laughs> oh, got the I biggest did. kick out of. There's a character. The I don't know if it's that one. The dog, yeah. the, the dog, yes. nopes out of the entire yeah. movie. He's like, yes. fuck Through this, and just breaks I'm himself out. out of window and lives. He's yeah. a survivor. Yeah. yeah, good for the dog. Happy for the dog, but but no. I it's, thought it's it, I, I I don't know if it's that one, but there's the one where he throws the body out the top story window, <laughs> yep. and then later throws the same body into the the first floor window to break into the house. And I think that is one of the greatest moments in cinema. <laughs> whoever thought that up, it's gone. Whoever thought that up. Is you could just tell there's certain versions of these Friday the Thirteenth movies that whoever is doing it, you can tell when they're having a good time. And I feel like on Port Four and Part Six, these people are having a hell of a good time. Part Five, they were doing a hell of a lot of drugs. Uh, they've all admitted that. But yeah. Part Four and Part Six, it's like, oh, okay, these guys, they they understand the assignment and they're having a good time. Part Six especially. Hmm. So uh, let's move on. What is your next elimination, Lady Wan? My next elimination is the Perfect Storm. Uh. Yeah. Without the James Horner score, which oh sometimes God. is uplifting when it's not an uplifting moment, uh, it's just fine. If you take that out, you can't see a whole lot of this movie. And the whole hook of this is that it's based on a true story. But like allegedly, because we don't know what happened on that boat. They all died. Nobody came back to tell us. No, get out of here. Yeah, I, I think of the whole season, I think the best conversation I had about any movie this season was the one that I had with Frankie about that particular film. So if you are, especially if you are a movie fan, you're just listening to the last movie standing and you haven't listened to the episode where we talked about the perfect storm, go back and listen to that because if you like actual like film analysis, film history, uh, like just kind of nerd talk, cinephile nerd talk, that's the conversation for you. Uh, less jokes, uh, but talking to a filmmaker about like, kind of old Hollywood and how this movie is made like an old Hollywood production, but then has this really like very dour ending. And mm. was it intentional? Was it not intentional? Do they know what they were making? It's a very good conversation. Check that out. doesn't matter. It's eliminated, but check that conversation out. <laughs> next, next, uh, next film. All right. My last one is the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, I prefer Goodfellas. I prefer Citizen Kane. Thank I don't you. need this movie. Film history will carry on without impact when it is erased. Goodbye. Yeah, fair enough. Bye. Okay. <laughs> that was their first cut, but I want to get you a first cut because some of you out there have a little thing called a messy basket, as my mom likes to say. <laughs> my mom says nobody likes a messy, dirty basket. Nobody wants it. It's stinky. It's unhygienic. And some of you who are listening to this are fucking gross. <laughs> so what you need is you need the performance package 4.0 for your first cut because, oh boy, it's a game changer. The fine folks at Manscaped, they sent me the Performance Package 4.0. I already had the 3.0. I got upgraded, baby. They threw in some of their uh, anti-chafing underwear. I'm wearing it right now, and boy, I am feeling fine and dandy. You understand? I'm sitting here, and I'm moving. I'm grooving. I'm, I'm negotiating last movie standing. I'm kind of like a referee. I'm kind of like a spectator, and I've never felt so free and dandy. Hmm. <laughs> and also, listen. You're not just going to get some underwear, which is good enough as it is. You're not just going to get a, 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 a hair trimmer. You're also going to get the weed whacker, which is for your ear and nose. If you're a millennial, you're a geriatric now. The <laughs> hairs are growing. If you know what Thundercats is, it's time to trim your nose hair. If you watch GoBots, your ears need tending to. And men, everybody out here is eating ass. Work on your butthole game. It's time. Crop hole, 
<laughs> crop reviver, toner, performance boxer be- briefs, travel bags. You get it all with the performance package 4.0. This fourth generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blade uh, technology. They call it advanced skin safe technology. If you're worried about tugs, if you're worried about cuts, if you're worried about nicks, if you're worried about, you know, cutting into your ball sack and bleeding all out, <laughs> reduce the risk with advanced skin safe technology. Don't trust something you're getting off of some unknown company. Go with Manscaped. And I'm so I'm so interested in your testicles, listener, that I want to give you 20% off and free shipping with the code BingeMovies at Manscaped.com. I live and breathe and think about your testicles day in and day out, and I want to give you 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. All you have to do is use the code BingeMovies. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Whew, I'm running out of breath. All this ball talk has got me hot and sweaty. Yeah, I'm traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no reason to be traumatized. Only be confident. Thanks to the fine folks over at Manscaped. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, for those that don't know, we've got Dom. We've got Deloise. Uh, uh, no, we don't. We have Dunn. And we have Deloise. Uh, Kevin Dunn is our patron saint. He is the chief patron saint here at Binge Movies. But Dom DeLuise is our patron saint of comedy and flavor. Dunn is heads because he's the tops. DeLuise is his <laughs> tails because he's the bottom of the show. Um, it is Dunn and DeLuise. Lady Juan, choose your, uh, choose your patron saint. DeLuise. DeLuise. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if that wagon is dragging for the Lady One. It is Tails! It's Deloise! Finally! <laughs> Finally! I don't know if you ever won a No, quote. that's my first time! <laughs> oh! Congratulations. So exciting! You get to choose between one of our advantages. You either get a uh, first pick, where you get to pick your first, you get the, you know, the, the best pick of movies, uh, and, and uh, therefore you kind of get to hear... Uh, you know, uh, whatever the fuck, I, I lost my plot. But you get <laughs> you get the first pick of your film. Uh, mm-hmm. That way you, your film doesn't run the risk of uh, being picked by somebody else. Or you get first word, last word, which means you get to make the strongest opening argument and you get to be the very final thought that our audience hears. And they, of course, are our jury for Last Movie Standing. And perhaps no Last Movie Standing has been more significant than this one because this is the one that decides which film goes into the vault. So which would you like? You want first pick or you want first word, last word? I would like first word, last word. Megan, what is the movie you will be selecting for last movie standing? This was a tight one. I was torn up until the final moment, but my pick is Castaway. Oh my God. Shocking, but not shocking. When I think about, when I think about the mind yeah. of Megan Kearns. Oh my God. I'm so relieved. Oh. <laughs> oh. I, I emotionally, I was not looking forward to having to rip apart Birds of Prey. Yeah, as I love it. I love it too. <laughs> I know. I love. I love both of these movies. And honestly, to give you some backstory, I actually think I wrote a better argument for Birds of Prey. <laughs> <laughs> but I went with Castaway. Yeah, so there are reasons why. All right. Wow. Okay. Oh gosh. Okay. All right, Lady Juan. Okay. So are you going to continue with 
the movie you brought in, or you have two films left from my short list. Which are you going with and why? I am going to continue on with Night of the Living Dead. Of course you are. <laughs> For opening arguments, are you ready, Lady One? Oh, God, I think so. <laughs> All right. What a great 90 choice. 90 seconds. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> great choice. Love that film. 90 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? Sure. And go. Night of the Living Dead is the obvious choice for The Vault. This independent film, which costs a little over $100,000 to make, has grossed possibly near $300 million over its release history. It's hard to say, though, because the film is in the public domain due to silly mistakes in production. However, it was recently released by Criterion in 4K, and if that doesn't say vault-worthy... I'm not sure what else does, but I will try. So the film is also in the National Film Registry, which is basically America's version of The Vault. Um, this film is the bridge between our old school horror monster movies and modern horror that we know today. It absolutely terrified audiences, despite being in black and white, which was uh, a budgetary decision. And at the time, it was going up against the color television revolution. Color TVs were in homes around the world for the first time, and people were still going out to the movies to watch this absolutely terrifying black and white film. This film is responsible for George Romero's career, who is a horror icon who's been making films for 50 years. It's responsible for a six-film dead series, and of course, an entire genre of films, of which Wikipedia says there are probably like 600 zombie movies, um, not to mention other properties. That's insane. All because of this singular film. Night of the Living Dead is often imitated, never duplicated, and obviously vault-worthy. Five, <laughs> four, three, two, and one. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Yeah, All I can't right. argue. I mean, I'm going to argue against it, but okay, that's, I love Night of the Living okay, Dead. Okay, Megan. <laughs> Are you ready for your opening argument for Castaway? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. And go. Man versus nature is a common conflict in film. Castaway takes the familiar survivalist trope of a person stranded on an island and infuses it with heartbreaking poignancy. One of the first images we see is a FedEx truck, and you can cynically argue that the whole film is an ad for FedEx. But you could also look at the film's message as casting off the shackles of consumerism and focusing on what really matters, love and relationships. Similar to the visual world building in Back to the Future, another Robert Zemeckis film, the camera pans around Chuck and Kelly's house, and we see their lives, their full lives together traveling. A take on Robinson Crusoe or Gilligan's Island, which the film references, Castaway inspired Lost, one of the biggest and most influential TV series of all time. It's well-paced and extremely tense for maximum uh, tension. Tom Hanks anchors the film. It wouldn't work nearly as well as it does because of his performance. He's mostly solitary and lots of silence. His facial expressions and monologues propel the film. He exudes so much pathos and charisma. Tom Hanks was also nominated for an Oscar for this performance, and he's won twice and has been nominated six times. Castaway is also the third highest grossing film of 2000 and has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 89%, making it audience approved and critically acclaimed. I have never been as emotionally invested in an inanimate object as I was with Wilson. I hadn't rewatched the film since... 2000 in 20 years because when I first saw Chuck losing a volleyball with a bloody handprint on it, I was inconsolable. The entire film is a tragic out of story. Time. Oh, out of time. I've only got two words for you after that first round. Queen shit. <laughs> 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 uh, 
All right, it is time for rebuttals. 90 seconds is on the clock again. Megan, we start with you. This is uninterrupted. You get to just rebut anything the Lady Wan has said in her opening argument about Night of the Living Dead. Best of luck to you. <laughs> oh, my God. If anybody can do it, it's you, Megan. It's you. Uh, Are you ready? 90 seconds on the clock. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And go. Night of the Living Dead is an amazing zombie film, and it's an incredibly influential film. And it paved the way for numerous horror films and numerous zombie films. However, there are many who argue that it's not the best of the Romero films, that Dawn of the Dead is better and that there are other films that are better. Uh, It's also arguably there are many other films that have innovated with the genre since. As great and innovative and influential as Night of the Living Dead is, unfortunately, it's also extremely depressing, extremely dire. And in these very dark and depressing times, sometimes we need art that is aspirational and is uplifting. And as great as Night of the Living Dead is, it is extremely depressing, extremely nihilistic. And <laughs> I, yes. I told you you could do it. It was very good. Lady Wan. Fuck, this is hard. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is the, the, Rebuttal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 90 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Go. Okay. Uh, Castaway is a great movie. It's a great performance by Tom Hanks. It's uh, a lovely film. Robert Zemeckis is probably the only one who could have made it as meaningful as this. And like you said, Tom Hanks is wonderful in it. However, as a, like a hardcore movie buff, I didn't see it until I was preparing for my episode of binge movies because I was like, yeah, I get it. I know. I know what happens. There was widespread criticism about the film when it came out that it was basically clear he was going to get off the island. Like, it, it was there. It was there in the trailers that he's coming back to Helen Hunt. So it's kind of a movie that you could summarize faster than going through the actual experience. And I think when it comes to something like that, you're removing the cultural impact that that movie intends to have. And that is different from Night of the Living Dead, which has a significant cultural impact beyond just the film itself. Uh, there's the film itself and then there's also what it has done for film history. And and like I said before, an entire genre of movies was born out of this. And I think when you're looking at a standalone, fantastic artistic accomplishment versus something that has influenced for 50 plus years, I think you've got to go with Night of the Living Dead. I'm done. (laughs) Okay. She's going to turn over the rest of her time. Yeah. So I'll pass pass the 10 seconds back. That was great. That was great. Megan, cross-examination. Now you get to do what you do better than almost anybody. Yeah, I'm scared. Take <laughs> it to the Surprise. person. Yes. <laughs> you got 90 seconds, and I'll, I'll, I'll whisper in when you got 10. Okay, and go. Okay, Lady Wan, do you think that Night of the Living Dead is the best of the Romero zombie movies? I do. I do. I think the the simplicity of it in the black and white and the small scale story is uh, more impactful than sort of a, a worldwide hellscape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you think it is the most influential of the zombie movies? Yes. I think without the groundbreaking success of this film, uh, we don't have hundreds of other filmmakers trying to attempt their version of this story and their version of this uh, monster as a zombie. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about the 
nihilistic ending. Oh God, it hurts. It hurts so bad. Um, uh, I, I, I don't want to sound like Nicole Kidman, but uh, heartbreak <laughs> <laughs> feels good. Heartbreak in a place feels like good this. in a place like this. <laughs> While you're watching this movie, it just it's that's the world we live in, man. It's dark. It's sad. It 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 is brutal. Just when you think things are going to get better, they don't. Uh, it's 2022. It still rings true. And, and I think that's not what you're expecting from it. And I, I think it leaves you walking away from the film, really thinking about it. It sticks with you. 10 seconds, Megan. Do you think that there is a lack of character development amongst these characters? I think our only true well-rounded character is Ben. And I think he's the proxy for the audience. And I think that makes you connect to him even stronger than uh, okay. our cardboard. Cutouts. All right. <laughs> Lady Wan, 90 seconds on the clock. Oh, fuck. Oh, God, I got to answer now. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) This is the most stressful hour of my life. (laughs) God. I've been been freaking out all morning. Are you ready? Sure. And go. Megan, when did you first see Castaway? In 2000, when it came out, I saw it in the movie theater. And did you feel like uh, there was like an audience experience there? I did. Yeah. Um, Do you think the award circuit was overhyped for maybe just a big old beard and a whole lot of weight loss for Tom Hanks? (laughs) That is a fair (laughs) assessment because Hollywood is obsessed with physical transformations. Mm -hmm. um, And Tom Hanks did lose a tremendous amount of weight for this role. But no, I think Tom Hanks, there's a reason he is nominated over and over and over again. And I think even if he wasn't nominated, I think he is a superlative actor. I think he is stellar. I think he exudes a tremendous amount of magnetism, charisma, pathos, vulnerability, fear. He runs the gamut of the spectrum of emotions. And I think he exudes that here when it's just him on screen. He captivates the entire audience in the film when it is just him. There is no score. There is no anything else for him to interact with other than a volleyball and just him. Do you think that the uh, like impact of the story was negatively affected by the fact that everybody kind of knew how this Ten film seconds. was going to end? I don't because I think a good film is not impacted by spoilers. Ooh, okay. And time. Okay. So Megan. Yo. Yes. Closing arguments. Oh, okay. Uninterrupted. 60 seconds. You got 30 seconds less this time. You have 60 seconds to appeal directly to our audience. Make your case. State why uh, Castaway deserves to be included in the vault and on its own merit and over and against uh, Night of the Living Dead. Take whatever tack you want. Yeah, take whatever tack you want. I might not take that that tack, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> but sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. And then, so 60 seconds. Tell me okay. when you're ready. I am ready. Okay. 60 seconds on the clock and go. Castaway is a tragic story, yet m- with moments of breathtaking beauty. It's a film about how trauma changes a person. It contends with seismic issues such as grief, loss, suicidal ideation, the passage of time, and loneliness, especially loneliness, which is so relevant now after Mm. contending with a global pandemic. It's a film about finding hope and purpose when you feel hopeless and pushing on, and it's about being at a crossroads in your life and being open to possibilities. This 
film is so much about writing, but it's also about visual storytelling and it's also about acting. And this film hinges on Tom Hanks's superlative, spectacular, nuanced performance. You feel what he feels. He feels so much for volleyball, Wilson, and you feel it too. And when his heart breaks, when he loses Wilson, your heart breaks too. You should choose this film because it is about humanity. Excellent job, Megan. Thank you, thank you. All right. (laughs) The Liddy Wan. Yes. You get last word. This is your chance to make a really kind of an impossible task of getting people to believe that Night of the Living Dead is any good. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's trash. Uh, part of me wishes you just would have picked Jason Lives and we just would have had chaos, but that's all right. It would have been chaos. Oh my God. Wow. Okay, 60 seconds. Right? Okay. 30 seconds less. And go. You have to put Night of the Living Dead in the vault. It is impactful beyond words as far as what it's done for cinema history. And also, if you look at what is in the vault right now. Uh, we've got Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, uh, Saving Private Ryan. We already have Tom Hanks. We don't need him again. We need to have Night of the Living Dead. We need to have an independent film. We need to have a black and white film. We need to have a movie that has changed the entire trajectory of the horror genre. Um, again, this film's 96% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It upped the ante for horror. It paved the way for darker, uh, depressing, terrifying horror films that it's spooky season right now. People would not want to be without that. And what this movie did for George Romero for zombie films throughout time, it it is it is obviously deserving. time. Time, time, time. Ugh. All right. 60 seconds is not a long time to make an argument for two potential classics. Maybe the last good Robert Zemeckis movie. (laughs) The capstone of an epic Hollywood career. (laughs) And uh, kind of the birth of cinema verte horror. So, yeah. yeah. I do not envy the task for our competitors here today. I think they both did an excellent job. I'm exhausted. I say this every single time and nobody believes me. This shit is harder than it sounds like. It's so hard. <laughs> Having done it a great many times, it is very, 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 very hard. And it's hard to keep all the different movies and titles and options and rounds, everything in focus. And it's also very hard because oftentimes when you get down to it, you're talking about two genuinely all-time great motion pictures. How do you make an argument that only one of those is the most worthy? That's the challenge of last movie standing. And anyone who is willing to take on that challenge gets my praise and gets 20% off in Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought, uh, I mean, this, these are very unfavorable circumstances for both of you. Yeah. I thought you did an incredible job. I want to thank both of you for doing movies? this. It, we leave it up to the folks at home. Um, now get your plugs in. Where, where can we find you? Megan, let's start with you. You're you're known here. You're loved here. Aww. I thought you did an excellent job, especially because you were you were under the gun this Thank time. You. Yeah, <laughs> you had every disadvantage going in. I think you still did remarkably. Thank um, you. Where can we find you? You can find me weekly at my podcast, Spoiler Piece Theater, that I co-host. 
uh, at spoilerpiece.com. And you can also find my film reviews at Edge Media Network. And you can find me on Twitter at OpinionSWorld and Instagram at TheOpinionS. If you're going to follow her on uh, Twitter, the thing you need to know is she don't post. <laughs> what? That's <laughs> gave not up. true. <laughs> you gave up. You, you're like, you, you were like film Twitter stinks and you ejected yourself. <laughs> like a sane person. <laughs> I do avoid a lot of conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> same. I needed to for my own sanity and mental health. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say the same through the lady. Yeah. She ain't on that shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really nowhere near as much as I used to be, but I'm, no. uh, I'm, I'm working on it. So where can we find you lady one when, when you're avoiding, not avoiding Twitter, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on my show screen run. Season three is out now. We are absolutely delighted to be doing the films of John Carpenter. So go check that out. You can follow the show at screen run on Twitter, screenrun.fun. And I'm the lady one on Twitter, but mostly just follow Screen Run because that's where all the good shit's going to be. <laughs> Is there any one that two of the nicest people in film criticism aren't on film Twitter very often? We're trying to take care of ourselves and each other. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you, you've removed yourself from the toxicity. Yeah. It's and a that's bad why place. everybody loves you. Yeah, it's it is bad a bad place, place. But p- vote on Twitter, guys. Vote on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad place, but vote there. Yeah, well, vote there. Speaking <laughs> of the bad place, the exclusive place to vote for this last movie standing is on Twitter. And of course, our poll will be brought to you by the good, fine folks over at Manscaped. They've done first cut. They've done last movie standing. It's a clash of champions. And now it all comes down to you. You get to vote. This is the final round of our year-long Eliminator season. We have gone through a gauntlet. What is the one movie that's going to go into the vault? Is it the last, last great Zemeckis? Or is it the first great Romero? You get to decide exclusively on the most evil place on earth, other than Facebook, Twitter. Follow us at Binge Movies, and you get to vote. This The poll will go up shortly after this episode drops. If you're not a a Twitter follower of us, uh, do so, please. And make sure that you uh, vote and see all of my inane tweets. Uh, Yeah, I think that (laughs) does it for this one. Until next time, binge on! Binge on!